All right, guys. So it's fall again, and I know we're just a few months away from Creogs. Nick, I'm always looking for places to find good information to make sure that my residents have good information for their exams. And also, you know, I continue to refresh my knowledge of OBGYN. Well, yeah. I mean, you're already listening to what I'll say in my humble opinion is the best podcast in OBGYN, but we also (laughs) have some great other resources available through the resident core curriculum with our friends at the OBG project. Definitely. The nice thing about the OBG project is that not only do they have the resident core, they have an OBG L&D ebook and other things like the second trimester ultrasound atlas, all of which you can access for free as a resident if you sign up. Head over to our website, creagsovercoffee.com, check out the sidebar, and again, get the OBG project and all their resources free for all four years of residency. Just, again, head over to our website, creagsovercoffee.com, and get signed up. All right, guys. Welcome back. This is Nick. This is Faye. And this is... Creogs over over coffee. coffee. All right, so we're going to do something a little bit different today, and it might be a shorter episode, um, but we're going to talk about an essential of surgery and take a little bit of a deep dive on scalpels. So, Faye, what are our learning objectives? Yeah, so uh, today we're going to describe the nomenclature of modern scalpel handles and blades and the materials from where they're made. Uh, We're going to review the application of each handle or blade as they pertain to OBGYN, because I think sometimes people have questions about like, when do I use an 11 blade? When do I use a 15 blade? Um, And then we'll talk about the proper technique for holding a scalpel. Um, So, you know, it's been a while since we did a surgically focused episode. We previously have done a series on laparoscopy and hysteroscopy, and we also did that really cool um, episode on sutures and needles that I still go back to because I still can't remember them. Mm -hmm. Um, But today, let's focus in on this essential surgical instrument, which is the scalpel. Um, Additional reading is going to be the British Journal of Surgery, uh, the October 2022 review. Um, Also, the author, Dr. Ron Barbosa, is on Twitter and does some great surgical tutorials, so make sure to follow uh, him, and we're going to put his handle uh, in our website. All right, so Nick, let's let's get this started with some history. So talk to me about the history of the modern scalpel. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, people make fun of us when we say in surgery we ask for the knife or something like that, right? And But it's yeah. kind of a funny thing because scalpels have been around for as long as surgery has been around. But the modern scalpel really is the product of a guy named Morgan Parker, who was a 22-year-old engineer at the time. Um, And he patented back in 1915 a locking scalpel handle and blade system to replace what previously were often just single-piece instruments. So basically a scalpel, blade, and handle together. No Mm. replaceable blade. Um, And it's amazing that actually that over 100-year-old design, just slightly modified, is still what is in use today in operating rooms across the world, uh, which is really, really remarkable. Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, What was I doing when I was 22? Yeah, not that, unfortunately. And (laughs) I probably was doing even less than what you were doing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we'd have a lot more money by now if we patented like a surgical instrument at 22, you know? No kidding. Um, And probably even more incredibly, Parker initially numbered his handles 
1 through 9 and numbered his blades 10 through 20. And while that system has been expanded a little bit and modified slightly, the other incredible thing is that that nomenclature that he originally came up with actually largely remains the same. Um, and so we're going to talk about sort of the Parker system, if you will, of the most common handles and blades types today. Um, and there are only a handful, so you don't have to remember like what all the differences are from 1 through 9 and 10 through 20, um, but there are just a couple that are really important to remember. So Faye, let's start off with scalpel handles. Yeah, so uh, you know, I have never had to ask for a specific scalpel handle. Um, yeah. So I guess this will be new to me too. Um, so the ones that we'll talk about is first the number three handle, and it's the most common one that's used in surgical specialties. It has a flat shape. There's some serrations near the blade attachment area to provide for better grip for the surgeon, and it usually fits the blade numbers 10 through 19. Um, the modifications include the 3L, which is a long handle scalpel, and a 3L angled, which is a long handle with a slight angulation. Um, then there's the number four handle, which fits larger blades, typically numbers 20 and above, but otherwise it's very similar to the number three. The number seven handle is the other one that we'll talk about, and this one is very narrow. It's meant for precise, fine work, and it's not typically used in OBGYN or its subspecialties, and it's more common um, for things like you know, head and neck surgeries, ENT surgeries, plastics, neurosurgeries, and dentistry. All right, so we've talked about some scalp handles, which again, I feel like maybe I was given the number three my whole life and I just never knew that. Um, what about scalpel blades? I feel like at least I know some scalpel blades, Nick. Yeah, I think probably folks are more familiar with asking for a particular scalpel blade, but maybe not. Maybe, you know, you have somebody new to the institution and they say, oh, what blade do you like for this? And then you freeze because you're like, wait, which one do I like again? I, I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> it's the one that's kind of like wide or the one that's kind of pointy. <laughs> you just don't know how to respond. Um, yeah. But we're, we're going to demystify it here. So the probably most common one that we think about is the number 10 blade. And this is the one that's used to make long skin incisions for a laparotomy or for short, wide cuts. Um, so something like a hysterotomy, for instance. So again, during a C-section, this is the blade that you're going to encounter and be most familiar with probably. The other one that's a modification of the 10 blade is the 22 blade. And really the only difference between a 10 and a 22 is that the 22 is a larger version of the 10. The next most common one, or in some cases, maybe the, the least common one that we can use in OBGYN is called the 11 blade. The 11 blade is triangular, it's long, and it's got kind of a really sharp point, and it has an edge, a cutting edge on one side of that. So its shape, if you imagine sort of that really pointy triangle, is best suited for a stab incision. So the times that we'll often use an 11 blade, you could consider them for things like laparoscopic port incisions or for a Barthelin's gland cruciate incision, stuff like that. Um, but because it's so like straight and pointy and sharp, it's not great for doing an excision of something. Again, it's really meant for like a stab incision and for extending those a little bit. It's not great for trying to do kind of a, a finer excision or like a wide local type of thing. 
The final blade, as we alluded to, is the number 15. And I think the 15 in surgery more generally is kind of the the every man's blade, right? Or every woman's blade, if you will. Because um, it kind of combines the best of both the 10 and the 11. It has a pointed tip, just like the 11, but then it also kind of comes down into a smaller curved cutting surface that looks more like what you'd expect out of the 10 blade. So the nice thing that you can use the 15 blade for is that you could create like a stab incision at the point, and then you have that belly of the blade that allows for a more controlled incision to excise tissue with that curvature. This is really great for working in tight spaces versus a 10 blade for an excision. So the things that I think about with this are like oncology cases or urogyne cases. Like think about when you're doing an abdominal hist and you're like deep in the pelvis taking sort of those like sharp cuts with your scalpel on the cardinal ligaments, right? No, a number 15 blade on a three long handle is going to be the instrument that you use in that case. And you probably never thought about it that way before. You probably just asked for the long handle blade. Um, mm-hmm. But what you're getting there is a 15 on a 3L. Um, the other thing that's, again, great about the 15 blade and why it's so versatile is that it's great for stab incisions. And many folks actually may prefer a 15 to an 11 blade out of the perception for better control, particularly for those laparoscopy incisions and for some folks, too, for those Bartholin's incisions. What about kind of as we go from those most three common blades, Faye, let's talk about actually the stuff that blades are made out of. And then also kind of is there a difference at all between disposable and quote unquote regular blades and handles? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the disposable uh, blades and are great and often very available for outpatient procedures and for emergencies. I think sometimes, you know, we get that like green plastic handle mm-hmm. with like yeah. a specific scalpel that's just like in your emergency tray that you can just go and grab for like a quick procedure or something like that. The blades, um, the difference between disposable and regular blades are the same shape, size, nomenclature. So there's really no difference in like the blade specifically. However, the regular blades tend to be a bit thicker on the back, um, which is the non-cutting surface of the blade, which gives a bit more structure and may feel sturdier when cutting. In terms of materials, the vast majority of scalpels that we use will be made of carbon steel or stainless steel. And steel blades can also have other compositions or coatings that can help with retaining sharpness and or resisting rusting and corrosions. The other materials used in modern blades include things like ceramic, titanium, diamond, sapphire, and obsidian. And many of these, especially ceramic and obsidian, are extremely sharp and can be chosen because they are non-magnetic. So for like MRI-guided procedures, for example, they're preferred. However, they are so sharp that they can be very dangerous in poorly trained hands. So we wouldn't use these unless you have a great reason to do so. I think the last uh, thing that we should touch on here, Nick, um, and it may seem a little bit uh, simple for, you know, our veteran listeners, but how do you hold a scalpel? Yeah. And what I'll say with this too is that um, I know we're delivering all of this in an audio medium, but pictures are worth a thousand words. So check out our website and check out the British Journal of Surgery article um, because the photos are really, really helpful for tying all this together. Um 
and I think I remember this as an intern where I felt like I was getting told like five different ways of how I needed to hold the scalpel. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the truth ultimately is that the way you hold a scalpel actually depends a little bit on what blade and what application you're using. So let's think about, for instance, the larger blades. So like a number 10 blade or a number 20 or above. So again, a 10 blade or a 22 probably would be the other one that we would encounter in OB. These are the ones that you're using to make your initial laparotomy incision, whether it be for C-section, for hysterectomy, anything else that you do. And in this case, the best grip is going to be what's called a palmer grip or a violin grip. So you have your index finger atop the handle, you're using your other fingers to hold the body of the handle, and the very back part of the handle is underneath your palm. So kind of like you're holding onto the rod of a violin, or again, using sort of just like that, that grip there to again stabilize it with the back of your hand. This is going to allow for precision and accuracy with the long, wide cuts that you're going to make with that type of blade. If you have an 11 or a 15 blade, though, those smaller, pointier blades, you're going to change your grip a little bit and do what's called a pencil grip. And you all have held pencils and pens before, so I don't need to explain exactly what that is. But you might imagine that if I held it with underneath the palm, like I would for a 10 blade, I'm not going to be able to get a very um, articulate stab incision, right? Like it's going to be really unwieldy for me to do that. So holding it like a pencil to start those incisions gives me a lot of precision for the stab and then allows me to extend from there. All right, Faye, this was a super short episode, so I'm not sure we need to summarize, um, but I definitely want to encourage folks to check out the website, check out that article, and check out Dr. Barbosa's Twitter account. Absolutely. So I guess that does it for today. So once again, this is Nick. This is Faye. And this has been Kriags Over Coffee. So guys, if you enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, go ahead and go into your favorite podcatcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and review. You can find us online on Twitter at CriagsOverCoff1, on Instagram and Facebook at CriagsOverCoffee, or if you love the show and want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash CriagsOverCoffee. Send us some love and we'll send you some swag. For show notes and definitely all those pictures uh, that you can see with this specific episode notes, um, as well as the Rosh View question of the week, you should go onto our website at www.creogsovercoffee.com. And finally, if you have a question for us, a correction for this or any of our prior episodes, or just want to say hello, email us, creogsovercoffee at gmail.com. 